Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Intro Me podcast. Uh, this episode with Adam Gabernitz, who is the Assistant Director of Diversity and Inclusion at Northwestern Mutual, is a good one. Uh, he, from his informed enthusiasm to uh, sharing about the difference between risk and reckless, uh, to seeing networking truly as building uh, relationships, you know, even after we stopped recording in his, his perspective on, hey, in any situation, what's the best thing that can happen? I know a lot of us can sometimes dwell on what won't happen. Uh, he looks at the best things that can happen and love his enthusiasm. Take a listen, then jump over to intro.me and check us out. Sign up for updates on the podcast and stay informed on everything else we're doing. Hey, Adam, welcome to the Intro Me podcast. How are you, man? Hey, Steve, I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you coming on and uh, jumping on this virtually and sharing uh, so much good that I know about you. I'm excited to dig in a little deeper today and especially put you through the ringer in the rapid fire section of the podcast. <laughs> that sounds great, man. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Uh, let's... um. Let's set some context first. What's the high-level overview of what you do as Assistant Director of Diversity and Inclusion at Northwestern Mutual? Yeah, absolutely. So in my role, I am really focused on how our organization across really almost 6,000 people looks to find, retain, and develop women and folks of color at our mid-level and above. So really trying to transform the organization through diversity, equity, inclusion by making sure we're bringing in the best and the brightest talent. So uh, you've got an interesting background that we'll get into a little bit. Um, but in a lot of ways, you know, what you just said to me says you do you're doing uh, some like, you know, recruiting of talent. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a part of it. I guess in my particular role, I'm not responsible for the actual recruitment and hiring piece that you might see from a talent acquisition or an HR. Uh -huh. But in a lot of ways, we're looking at supporting and enabling HR talent acquisition, different folks like that to bring in diverse and inclusive, bring in diverse talent and then also making sure then on our side that the environment is most inclusive. So, yeah, we're kind of, I guess, hiring adjacent, if you will. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting. And, and so let's back up a little bit. And uh, like I said, I'm super interested to dig in a little more with you today. And this is one question in particular that I'm dying to, to know more about. And it's, uh, you know, what was your first professional job and how did you get it? So my first professional job, I was actually in an inside sales role and I worked for a medical device company here in the Milwaukee area. And interestingly enough for the job, it was, it was getting it right out, of, right out of college. And I actually applied at the company for a different job than I ended up getting. It was more of a almost customer service, customer support role because a lot of times you didn't get sales roles directly out of school. And when I went ahead and I, I got the in-person interview, I remember speaking to one of the hiring managers and the recruiters, and they said, you know what, you seem like a sharp guy, but 
your personality might actually fit a little bit better more in the sales side of things. Why don't I make a referral over into the hiring manager there? Because I know they're looking to build out a team. And I, I guess impressed them enough to get a referral someplace else. Went ahead and interviewed for that job. Got it and got a chance to jump right into sales and also doing a little bit outside sales in the mix. So uh, application, got a call back and made it happen. So did you have uh, your eye on a sales role before that or was or did you just sort of say, I'm going to I'm going to explore the opportunity in front of me? Yeah, I mean, so I graduated with a communications and marketing degree, so I always wanted to do something sales or marketing ish. I probably was thinking more along the lines of marketing just because I was coming right out of school with stuff like that. But generally speaking, I, I knew I wanted to do some sort of external facing, customer facing type role. Uh, I just didn't realize it was going to be in that space and do it so soon. So knowing you and in, in your spirit, uh, it, it's it's cool to, to see and listen to how you you got your uh, your first professional job. Were you the kind of uh, person that grew up with uh, like side hustles going on? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, when I was when I was younger, I I loved having fun. I loved playing sports, so I was big into both of those things. And when I got to college, it was kind of a similar thing. I always had a job and I worked throughout all of school, but. You know, when I wasn't in school or working my job, I liked going out and having fun. So I didn't really get much of an entrepreneurial side hustle sort of uh, kind of itch in me until I was, you know, probably eight or nine years out of college. But I was always super motivated. Uh -huh. Just when it came to jobs, it was more about get a good job, work it, and so I can have some fun. I definitely was more of a work to play kind of guy. Gotcha. Gotcha. So along that path, um, I can imagine if you are, you know, sharing with uh, friends and family that you're applying to this this uh, place and then a twist kind of comes in and they say, hey, we think you'd be really great in something else. I'm sure if you shared that, you know, everyone's got advice um, for you in that in that situation. Is there any advice along the way that time or any other time uh, in your career that you're either glad you ignored or glad you, you know, took and ran with it? Uh, it's probably a little bit less advice that I'm glad I ignored and more so advice that I, I'm glad that I kind of took or I guess in some ways I've sort of even given myself. And it's the piece of, I guess, this idea of saying yes more than you say no. Mm -hmm. And the importance of trying things, experimentation, and just going for it is something that I've always done throughout my life and my career. And it's something that I'm, I'm really grateful that I haven't spent a lot of my life being fearful. Uh, I probably have erred more on the side of being willing to, you know, kind of jump and see what happens next. So being able to, to kind of go through that process of saying, let's go ahead and just do a thing. Uh, and also probably the to kind of answer your question, is there a piece of advice that I am kind of glad I ignored? Uh, I guess it's the idea of kind of along that same lines of playing it safe, you know, not necessarily needing to, to do things exactly in the right order or exactly how other people want me to do them and just say yes to stuff and keep rocking, man. You know, it's really interesting because 
we've we've had uh, a number of people on the podcast uh, so far, and one of the common themes is just that what you're saying. Uh, sort of see what see what lies ahead, even if you're really not sure where it's going to take you. Take advantage, be open, be curious, and from a number of different kinds of professional roles today, that seems to be a common theme. So with that, you know, I'm sure you've taken your lumps along the way. What's the best mistake you've ever made? Something that maybe looked not too good, but then ended up being putting you in, a, in an even better place if you hadn't made it. Mm, and that's a, that's a really, really good question. And I was actually thinking about somebody else asked me a similar question not that long ago. And I think the best mistake was when was kind of doing the entrepreneurial thing with a longtime friend of mine. And we were coming up with some new ideas and different ways of trying to do things and we're pushing pretty hard on it. And while we knew in our heart of hearts that it was a good idea in the right direction to go, uh, sometimes putting all your eggs in one basket or uh, going too far in one direction without having uh, something in place to make sure that you don't uh, completely drown. Right. Uh, it's probably a balance that we all have to learn and figure out at different times of our life. And it all is different depending on who you are. Uh, so I think rushing too fast or too quickly into something without necessarily having enough um, kind of runway to make it happen was pro taught me a great deal. Uh, you know, it's as much as it's about having good ideas and moving quickly or failing fast or whatever people want to talk about, uh, the market is going to be a very good judge of whether or not what you have is any uh, is valuable and if it's your business and your job and your livelihood uh, you've got to make sure that you've got some fail safes in place so that if it doesn't work uh, everything will be all good so i i definitely think i've moved too fast in my life and that's uh, that's a that's something that i've learned a great deal of learned a great deal from as much if not more than the times that i've had success sure and if anything what I know about you, maybe it's given you, uh, the lesson has given you some informed enthusiasm. And now you, you know, when you say yes, you, you say it with uh, that base. No doubt about it, because I mean, here's the balance with it too. And I, you know, you and I have talked about stuff like this, but one of the balances too, is that there's the difference between being risky and being reckless. Mm -hmm. And depending on where you are in your life, that changes. You know, you move up and down this continuum of what's risk and what's reckless, depending on where you are in your life. And that's also something you have to take into consideration is some people are just more positioned to take risk or be more reckless than others. And kind of giving yourself the benefit of the doubt, learning from those mistakes. I love to say you're either winning or you're learning not as much failure. <laughs> right. Being able to say, how am I doing something? How am I taking whatever experience I had and making a different choice moving forward so I have a better likelihood of success? And that's what I've learned as I've gotten older and ideally wiser is that you know, I understand my threshold for risk and where I can push it and where I can't. Yeah, that's a great uh, example and great perspective. Um, and so you've been in the business world. Uh, what's uh, what's the bu one buzzword out there that you dislike the most? <laughs> oh man, I got like forty of them running around in my head right now. I'm sure. That I, uh, oh man, the buzzword. There's so many buzzwords, Steve. There's there's so many of those things. Um, what's one that I dislike the most? Uh, I actually am not a fan of the word pivot. 
because, because people use it so incorrectly. Uh, you know, I blame uh, who who is the dude that uh, that came up with uh, I was like four or five years ago. The, oh, the lean startup. I forget. Yeah, Eric Reese. Yes, thank you, yeah. Eric Reese. I, I like Eric a lot. I, I I think he he has some really great ideas, especially when you talk about you know, how you bring some of that mentality to more established corporate businesses, whatever. But when he kind of got famous sort of for coining that word pivoting, and now, I mean, whether it be an actual pivot in terms of what you're doing from a business perspective to us just like changing what we're talking about in a conversation to pivoting to something else, that <laughs> it, it drives me a little nuts. Uh, that, that, one, that was a little annoying for me. Okay, so we won't pivot. We'll stay on this topic. And speaking of yes. buzz, speaking of yes. buzzwords, what, how, how do you approach? How do you look at? How do you think about? Or what does networking mean to you and your career? Yeah, uh, networking to me is just simply relationships. Uh, it's just building connections with other people. And I think for a lot of people who may not be naturally as as extroverted or just love being out and around people, it can be a really daunting and in some ways kind of scary proposition to say, oh, we're going out and networking. But networking, you've been doing it since you were born. It's building relationships and it's connecting with people. And my belief system has always been that everything that we're doing on this planet is about people. It's about the impact it has on people. It's about the relationships that we have with people. So I look at networking as just how I'm building my relationships. And you hear it all the time. It's not what you know, it's who you know. I also would say it's who knows you. And if you're building quality relationships with people, if you're doing great work, if you're moving through whatever space you're in with integrity, great things are going to happen to you. And it'll also put you in the position to help great things happen to other people. So I look at networking as just building relationships. And you know me, man, I love being around <laughs> people and I love building quality relationships. And uh, ne networking to me is, is about reputation, about building those human connections. Yes, I do know that about you. I've seen it, watched it, and I've seen not only uh, how you build, but how you connect and enable others to build uh, meaningful relationships. Um, and so thinking back to that first job in, in sales uh, to where you are today, here's the big question. What's the link? What's the link from where you started and all the uh, you know, experiences you collected along the way to what you're doing today? From my first job all the way to where I am in my career right now, the common thread has been people. And I've done work that has been about or connected to opportunities for people, whether it be more in the workforce development space where I mentioned some of the things I was doing in the entrepreneurial realm to doing some of the things right now in my current role, more on the diversity and inclusion side to some of the work I was doing prior to this job that I'm in right now around you know, the tech hub work. Mm -hmm. It's all been about saying, how do you build systems, structures, things that are ultimately going to create more opportunities for people. And I've not been the guy who likes to sit behind the computer and stare at spreadsheets all day. It's always been about the human element, the human connection. So that's been the thread, man, is how do I get to spend time with and help people live their best lives? And you're good at it. Super good Thank at you, man. it. I appreciate yeah. it. All right, let's, uh, this has been really serious. Let's get into some fun rapid fire stuff. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say pivot, man. I was going to hop up off the podcast. I was ready to be done. 
<laughs> I would have seen you just hang up right on, right on, right at that moment. Okay, so rapid fire. First thing that comes right. to mind. Throw it out there. No judgment. No anything. Don't give it a second thought. But you can give it some thought. But you know, this is uh, this is for the the listener here. What are you reading? on any platform at the moment or what's something you'd recommend to someone trying to launch their career? Oh, awesome question. Uh, I'll actually admit that I haven't been doing as much reading as of late. It's been a lot more podcasting, but when I, the last book that I read that I really enjoyed was called Give and Take by a guy named Adam Grant. Uh, he's a professor out of the Wharton School of Business and just a really great guy. He's got a couple of different uh, TED Talks that he has as well, but uh, it was really awesome called Give and Take by Adam Grant. Really shows how givers in the world often create more success for themselves and for other people around them. So Give and Take, Adam Grant. Okay, awesome. All right, this is super important. Mostly for me. What's your, right. go, what's your go-to food when you need a boost? When I need a boost? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm actually, so I actually went vegetarian about a year ago, so I don't really eat any meat anymore, but I'm actually a huge fan of eggs. I don't eat them all the time, but I love eggs, high in protein. If I want to have a quick snack, it's kind of quick, uh -huh. fills me up, gives me energy, scrambled eggs, man. <laughs> love scrambled eggs. Cool. Uh, um, we have not had, I, I don't think we've had a duplicate answer on that one yet, so. All right, cool. You kept cool. the streak alive. Uh, Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. You mentioned podcasts. What's your What's your favorite right now? Other than yours? Yes, other than mine. Thank you. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. And other than your other one? Yeah. Right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, you know I'm I'm actually I'm a huge huge podcast fan and. In this new abnormal, I've continued to get deeper and deeper into them. But I'm, I'm actually going to give you two answers on that. So one of my favorite podcasts, and it's actually a podcast series. It's from, it's it comes out of Duke, uh, Duke uh, Documentary Studies Department. And it's called Scene on Radio. So scene as in like movie scene. Mm -hmm. Scene on Radio. They've got two of them. One's called Seeing White. And the other one is called America That Never Was. And they're, they're exceptional looks back at history in terms of kind of how we got to where we are today, especially around race and some of the biggest challenges we have in our country. So seeing on radio, seeing white and the country that never was, incredible, incredible. Cool, cool. Uh, you And man, okay, you've got me thinking now. Uh, YouTube or Hulu? Mm, yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I lean towards YouTube as well. Um, okay, last one. If you had a talk show, who would be your very first guest? If I had a talk show, who would be my very first guest? Will Smith, man. <laughs> um, I've, been a, I've been a fan of his since Fresh Prince of Bel-Air days. I'd bring on Big Willie. We'd be talking. Oh man, I'm uh that's this is probably something something you don't know about me, but I'm a huge Will Smith fan. Huge. Okay. Yeah. I've got awesome. um at some point someone gave me all the all the the DVDs for the Fresh Prince as a No. Yeah, as like uh 
um, you know, like a collection type thing. So I have a bunch. That's that's amazing, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so I remember I remember growing up as a kid and when the original Bad Boys movie came out <laughs> and I, just, I had like, you know, because again, I've been watching him since he was on the Fresh Prince and, you know, they're driving that Black Horse 911 Turbo around and just, you know, it was, it was just an amazing, amazing uh, kind of like just this image of these guys that were just out there kicking ass and taking names and, yep. and doing that from the funny piece of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air into all that other stuff. I've just always been a huge fan of his and also just his philosophy on life, man. I mean, the ability for him to just think about things and communicate messages and just seems like a really good dude. So I would definitely, he'd definitely be my first guest. Really good guy and is uh, just never stops learning, never takes anything for granted and never stops learning. Yes. Yes. Well, Adam, thank you so much for jumping on. This was super fun. I'm glad you could, uh, uh, I could have the opportunity to talk through some of these things with you. I uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. It's my pleasure. It's always good to talk to you, man. All right. Talk soon. Take care.